0: Welcome to TRS, Your Retirement in Focus. Our guest today is Lewis A. Amos, the Executive Director of the State Health Benefit Plan of Georgia, also known as SHBP. The State Health Benefit Plan of Georgia is a division of the Georgia Department of Community Health, also known as DCH. DCH is one of Georgia's four health agencies serving the state's growing population of almost 10 million people, SHBP serves as the state's administrator of health insurance coverage for state employees, teachers, public school employees, retirees, and former employees and covered dependents. Their mission is to provide affordable, quality health care to the aforementioned groups. SHBP is a non-federal, governmental, self-insured plan which is exempt from the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, In his role as the executive director of SHBP, Mr. Amos is responsible for managing the state benefit plan that has over 670,000 members with a $3.8 billion annual budget. Prior to joining SHBP, he served as the employee benefits director for the city of Atlanta for over 15 years. Lewis was responsible for providing strategic leadership and management of the city's insurance benefits, Employee defined benefits and defined contribution pension plans. Lewis was previously employed with SHBP as a vendor manager for healthcare programs from 2000 to 2004. He also has over 15 years of experience in provider relations, network management, and product development with leading nationally managed care corporations Prudential Healthcare, Cigna, and United Healthcare. For two years, he worked as a managed care operations consultant with MultiPlan, Inc. and HeartAlert.com. He is a nationally recognized speaker on the development and implementation of on-site wellness centers and has helped public sector entities on benefit and wellness plan designs. He is dedicated to public service and helping people live their best lives. So, join me now as we welcome Louis A. Amos, the Executive Director of the State Health Benefit Plan of Georgia. Mr. Amos, welcome to our podcast, sir, and thank you so much for stopping by.
1: Thanks so much for TRS for inviting me here, and and it is indeed a pleasure for me to have an opportunity to, to expound upon SHBP and the things that we have going on. And obviously, we look forward to to the continued partnership with this entity.
0: Awesome. Excellent. So are we as well. So let's just jump right into the questions we have for today. Mr. Amos, tell us what led you to the state health benefit plan and your path to the executive director role.
1: As you previously indicated, I was with the state health benefit plan in the year 2000 to 2004, I had a wonderful opportunity to work with the organization that was doing the beginning of DCH, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, as you indicated, I spent approximately 15 years with the City of Atlanta as the director for employee benefits uh, over both insurance and pension benefits. Uh, in my prior career, as stated, I was also had experience on. Uh, the uh, payer side. I worked with Prudential Healthcare Proof Care for about nine years, Cigna Healthcare, as well as United Healthcare, and did two years of consulting. Mm -hmm. So when the opportunity came for me, I would say to come back home, uh, because of my previous experience with SHPP, it was an opportunity that I really couldn't turn down. And I really look forward. As you know, the state health benefit plan is probably one of the largest public sector plans in the country mm-hmm. with a uh, approximately probably up to now about four billion dollar budget. So wow. it is a significant uh, opportunity for me and opportunity, one that I'm, I'm happy to be here and looking forward to doing great things for the uh, citizens and the uh, people here in the state of Georgia. Awesome. Wow. That's
0: a pretty tall order. But as they say, it's no place like home. And we are so glad to have you back home. OK, So, Mr. Amos, your agency has such an important role in the lives of hundreds of thousands of members. It's quite impressive what you all are able to accomplish. Could you give us an idea of the structure and functions of the state health benefit plan?
1: Yes, the state health benefit plan is responsible for providing health care services to state agencies, school systems, and affiliate state entities. As the SHBP, our role is to serve as the administrator. We're responsible for working with the contracted vendors, which is what we call the third party administrators. Mm-hmm. And currently, they are Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Kaiser HMO, mm-hmm. United Healthcare for the health. On the pharmacy, we contracted with CVS Caremark. On wellness, we're contracted with Sharecare. And for benefit administration, we're contracted with ADP. Okay.
0: Well, as a person who takes advantage of every last one of those that you mentioned, I'd like to just say you made excellent choices. You guys as a department made an excellent choice in those vendors, and I've not had any negative experiences with any of them. And uh, I always seem to be the exception to that rule, but so far, so good. I also know that you guys try to focus on total wellness. Could you share a little bit of information with us about that?
1: Yes. As we move forward, uh, one of the things we're seeing in today's time, is when you say total wellness, total wellness encompasses the physical aspect in terms of physical health, mm-hmm. mental health, and financial health. And what we've learned and we're learning as time goes on, if either one of those three components are, are off, then typically it has an impact on on someone's life, uh, Uh, especially when you you, obviously, you know, from a physical health. Mm -hmm. You see the impact that what happens in terms from physical health. But it's just as important in terms of mental health. And as we're seeing now, mental health is now starting to be a very, very important area that we're going to be focusing on specifically in 2024. We're going to do a lot of help. And I think the other piece is financial health. I'm Mm -hmm. here at TRS. And and clearly, let me tell you something, there are two things that are important to uh, us all as we look to retirement. One Mm -hmm. is a pension check. Yes, sir. The other one is going to be health care, having access to affordable, quality health care. So, you know, you want to make sure that those two things are, are working and working properly. I concur.
0: I truly concur. Well, Georgia is known to have some of the best health care options in the country for our members, especially here at TRS. What's the process of securing insurance providers for the state of Georgia?
1: Well, the state, uh, in terms of provider selection, uh, it, it's been quite uh, uh, the current agreements that are in place have been in place for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But there is an annual renewal kind of a review uh, and we really look closely at the, the uh, providers look at it from the standpoint of customer service, mm-hmm. healthcare management, financial management. And we really focus in on making sure that they are providing the quality of care that we anticipate and that we expect for our members. Okay. So it's critical that that piece, I mean, it's not just an automatic renewal. Uh, you know, we do uh, audits. Uh, there are, from a healthcare perspective, there are analysis done, there mm-hmm. are, from time to time, you, you'll find that we'll do forensic audits in terms of claims, making mm-hmm. sure claims are being paid properly. You also do, from a medical management standpoint, okay. uh, we review them in terms of uh, everything that they do. And, and yeah, obviously, at the end of the day, if there are quality concerns, we have to have the ability to address them and address them immediately. Understood. Very true. Well, here at TRS this month,
0: Open enrollment is certainly upon us, and we know that there are a number of decisions our active members and retired members must consider. What are some good practices that active members should adopt when making their health plan decisions?
1: I think the first one of the critical aspects that I've seen and I've seen over the years is that the consumer needs to really get more involved in the healthcare care decision making process. Mm-hmm. And what that really means is you can't just look at health care based on sometimes costs. Because there are factors that you have to understand. One is whether or not my provider's in the network. I have to understand in terms of, uh, you know, if I got a chronic condition. Yes. Uh, what, what's the cost associated with chronic condition as it relates to pharmacy charges, as it related to having access to my provider? And, I mean, no one knows what will happen as it relates to health care, but you also want to make sure that you have access to the, the best quality providers that are available, so I think critically, one, is, is really looking at uh, the choices that are, are available mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that those choices work for your family, first and foremost. Uh, if someone is, is healthy uh, and, and exercise and in good physical shape, you know, the decisions are a little bit easier because basically what you want to do is have the option of having preventative care and having yes. those services available. Mm-hmm. But if you got chronic condition, if you have a history of medical issues, you need to make sure that you will continue to have access. Because the one thing you don't want to happen is to get into a scenario where you need medical services and if there is a financial barrier i.e. mean that a deductible is like extremely high, mm-hmm. that you may not have the finances or the resources to pay that deductible, mm-hmm. which means that you will forego health care services. Wow. Is that, that's a real issue, and that's the one thing that I really encourage people to do is to really look at it, look at it from the standpoint of knowing, you know, if i got a chronic condition, there is a scenario where I need to potentially go to a provider two, three times during the year mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, I have the resources that I'm saving up on my co-pays right. and I can meet the deductibles and things of that nature. Wow. And vice versa, if you're healthy. I mean, you take, I mean, take advantage of some of the programs Uh, The preventative care programs, the Be Well program, Mm -hmm. where if, if, you know, obviously, if you get your annual exam and participate in some of the programs that are being offered by ShareCare, then there's an opportunity to get either $150 and either 480 credits. That's right. Uh, With Kaiser, you have an opportunity to earn up to $500 for both the employee and their spouse. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, they're, you know, in terms of, you know, doing the necessary screenings, the Mm -hmm. colorectal screening, mammogram, annual exam, things of that nature. So it's just taking an active role in the healthcare decision-making process. I think that's the one thing that we really want people to start doing because it's no more just making a selection and hoping that it works. Right. And I've actually been
0: in that boat before.
1: Um, I've gotten a little older now, but
0: at one point in time, I would just renew, renew based on what I had the previous year, not taking the time to really dig in and research, as you said, where I am in my physical health, how old I am at this point in time. And uh, it's very important to do that. And I've been bitten before because of my uh, lack of doing my own due diligence. That will never happen again for every and I can assure you. Well, Mr. Amos, what is one of the most common mistakes that
1: members make during open enrollment? I think clearly is the failure to take the time to read. Yep. Uh, you know, re- as they say, reading is fundamental. Yes, sir. But when you're talking about health care, it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is it is important because, you know, the one thing that we see is that the unexpected uh, things that happen from a health care perspective, uh, you know, you're doing well. Um, and all of a sudden, you find out that there's, a for especially our female uh, members, they find a lump in the breast. Yeah, and yeah. it becomes a life changing scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, when you you're forced, you were doing well, and all of a sudden, I mean, the same thing. You know, for, for you know, cancer in terms of you know, colon cancer is another thing that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, it's preventive. Uh, and if you know, obviously. M- Taking notice to the healthcare decision, knowing your body and not just thinking that it's going to disappear. Yeah. Um, I, and I say this because being a male is some of our male. Yeah. Uh, yes. We, we have a tendency not to really take notice as to what's going on with us. Um, we, you know, well, maybe it'll change, maybe it'll get better right. with time, but sometimes that's not the case. Yeah. And that's why we really want really to want to focus on preventive. Mm-hmm. We really want to focus on screenings. Uh, one of the things that we're doing uh, for 2024 is that we are now going to cover uh, mammograms at 100%. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and what we've found is a lot of times, you know, for some of our uh, female members, uh, they would experience certain issues mm-hmm. and knowing that if they went to the doctor, that there was a potential that may be a medical issue. Mm-hmm. So the mammogram went from a preventive scenario until a medical condition. Mm-hmm. And once it went to a medical condition, then the deductible, you would have to meet that $1,500, yeah. $2,000, whatever the deductible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would put off getting those services done. Yeah. And what you find is that a lot of time, especially like with mammograms, breast cancer, if it's caught early, yes, yes. you know, you, it may be stage one, stage two. But once it gets to stage three, yeah. then that's when you get into a real dicey area in terms of the cancer potentially metastasizing and going all over the body. So, I mean, it's, it's preventable. So one of the things we're doing is obviously promoting that mammograms are going to be covered at 100%. Mm. Great. From the start. So you don't have to worry about the deductibles. Same thing is going to apply with colonoscopies. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people fail, don't want to get that colonoscopy done. Mm-hmm. And typically what has happened in the past is that, you know, you go in for a colonoscopy if you're brave enough to do it. And I, I do support people to doing it. It's mm-hmm. important. and start As you can see, it's starting to uh, the, the American Medical Association are giving recommendations to have colonoscopy at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay? And and what we're seeing and what was happening in the past is that people will go in for a colonoscopy, and if the provider finds a polyp, that visit turns from a preventive to a medical, and once again, you're caught in that scenario oh where you will have to pay the deductible, right? Mm-hmm. But now what we're saying is that colonoscopies will be covered at 100%. Wow. Okay. And I, and I like to share something. This is something that I really don't talk about. But when I was previously with the state mm-hmm. at 42 years old, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, it was by, first of all, grace of God, but, you know, being knowledgeable and understanding, I was able to catch it. And obviously, I'm here 20 some years later. Yes, sir. But what happens, you see, is a lot of people fail to get those, especially colon. And colon is probably one of the leading uh causes of death mm-hmm. especially in men yes sir so that's why we're really pushing for colon uh these colon screenings to be covered at 100 percent, and we really really want to try to same, change people's lives
0: early detection certainly is the key and i'd like to share something personal also um uh, especially in my family the men in our family we never went to doctors what I found out later on, some people were scared that they were going to find out something right, was wrong right. or what was wrong. Right, right. And some just out of pure ignorance of, you know, taking better, better care of themselves. But uh, I, too, happened to go and have a colonoscopy. And that doctor told me, had I not, I probably wouldn't still be here because they did find a polyp, a, a pretty big one, right. actually. And so I was we were able to get that removed and— and now in my family, it's a laughing joke amongst my family members because if my finger hurts now, I'll oh, call yeah. my doctor. I call <laughs> the doctor so much now, Mr. Crocker, what is it now? Right. But realizing that, I really believe I was given a second chance by the same grace of God. And so you can't uh, understate it or you can't overstate it enough. Early detection is the key. And the fact that you guys are covering those exams, the the colonoscopies for the gentlemen and the breast exams for the women at 100 percent, I think it's going to be a big plus and should be applauded for that.
1: Yeah. In addition to that, we're also covering uh, diabetic retina exams. So one of the things, that, you know, in terms of, you know, a, as you know, the mm-hmm. state, we're in the South. Yes. Sir. OK. We're in what's called the stroke belt. Mm. So that means we're leading the country in diabetes, hypertension, obesity. Mm. And diabetes is probably one of uh, the leading cost factors for the state in terms of our overall healthcare costs. Mm. The thing about diabetes is that we understand there's a number who have already been diagnosed. But it's those folks who are pre-diabetic. Yes. In addition to uh, adolescent diabetes. So mm. it, you're starting to see diabetes, you know, and, and trust me. And the thing about it, untreated diabetes has significant impact, you know, in terms of vision. Mm. in terms of kidneys oh. and in and, and terms of, of your limbs, in terms of amputation and things of that nature. So there's opportunities here that the state provides that you can manage the disease. Uh, there are even co-pay waiver programs. So if you participate in the co-pay waiver programs, you don't have a copay mm-hmm. for office visit or even diabetic supplies. Wow. So there are a lot of things, once again, I guess if I can say anything, is that, we have to take control and be a part of the healthcare decision making process. I totally concur. You know, we have to do that. We owe it to ourselves, you know, in terms of even trying to have a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's incumbent upon us. It's incumbent upon especially men, yes, that you, you, you take the lead in terms of really doing the things that you need to do for your family. In order to be around a little longer. There you go. And to have a quality of life.
0: Well I tell you what, if not but one person receives that and hears it by way of this podcast and he's that advice, we totally will consider this podcast a total success. All right. So, Mr. Amos, we understand that you all started an initiative to inform our retirees about the importance of maintaining their Medicare supplement. There seems to be some marketing by private companies that targets our seniors that may negatively affect their coverage. Could you give the audience some background of what occurred and how your agency has increased the number of retirees retaining their supplements?
1: It is, it is probably, at this point in the year, probably one of the most important messages that we try to provide for our retirees that are 65 that are Medicare-eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, SHBP basically mandates that if you're 65 and in a full retirement status, that you have to participate in a Medicare Advantage plan. One of the things that we see, uh, Medicare has two open enrollment periods there's one that's going to be taking place from october to december that's for folks who are uh, just basically have regular Medicare and have an opportunity to join plans and there's another open enrollment period f- what they have from january th- through march mm-hmm. the one thing that's clear uh joe namath jj mm-hmm. walker And all of these other folks who we see on TV have a tendency, obviously, if you turn the TV on, you're going to see a significant number of commercials where they're telling people that, hey, you know, we could get this plan with with zero premiums. It it offers this, that, and the other. The one thing about it is, based on regulatory requirements, if you enroll in one of those plans, Mm -hmm. you lose coverage with SHBP. Oh, so we tell people all the time is that they will be bombarded with marketing materials, and yeah, and it sounds nice. You know, J.J. Walker, you know, he'll he'll tell you, Joe Namath, uh, Joe Montana, mm-hmm. uh, William Shepard, now all these folks, and and they do a great job. I have to say, they do a great job on that, but it does a disservice mm. because if somebody has worked thirty years, twenty-five years to have state coverage, right? And to make a, a knee jerk decision based on something that you think may be better, right? Then you put yourself in a, in, a, in a real bad position because typically what happens is uh, once somebody enroll in an individual plan, mm-hmm. it's very it's it's almost impossible to try to get them back. Oh my goodness! So that's the decision we're really pushing and really. One, we're starting with people who are aging into Medicare Mm -hmm. in terms of 65 ADPs. We're doing calls. We're making sure that they understand that if they're going into a full retirement status, that they're going to need to make sure they do Part B Medicare, go to Social Security, and we really outline what is needed to get that done. And then secondly, we also really tell them the importance of not enrolling. Because one of the things that they don't tell you is, you know, there, there's deductibles that are associated with these individual plans mm-hmm. that are on the pharmacy side, the Part D component. Uh-huh. There may be financial mm. requirements. And then some of the preventive stuff that's offered in the plan is not necessarily available in an individual plan. One of the things they'll say, well, is free dental. When you look at dental, what they're really offering, it's about $1,500 worth of dental, and we know that really doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Yeah. So the thing about it is that we want to make sure that our Medicare-eligible participants understand. I mean, and it's all, it's a financial decision. Everybody sure, can make what's sure. in their best interest. But clearly, if you do a comparison of the plan that they have mm-hmm. in terms of the deductible, the office co-pays, the, the pharmacy co-pays, this plan is probably one of the better plans that's offered in the country. With, let me just say this, for those who are in the Medicare Advantage United Healthcare standard plan, a zero premium. Wow. Right? Yeah, so we're offering, and, and we're happy to say we, <laughs> for 2024, we'll be able to offer a zero premium for those in the standard plan. Now, the premium plan, there is a co- there is a uh, uh, premium associated, but with that, it has lower office visit copays and okay. a lower deductible. Okay. But The vast majority of our folks are on the standard plan, Mm -hmm. which has a zero premium, and that's been in place for quite some time.
0: Wow. It's funny, the the individuals you mentioned who are actually um, doing that push to get people to switch over are, and you mentioned the ages, 65. And so directly associated with the age groups of those people are those stars, if you would, you'll name it, Jimmy Walker. So. I now can see that correlation. I was wondering why why they picked those. Now I understand fully why they picked those individuals. So, uh, and my dad gets stuff in the mail every day. Medicare, this Medicare, that, and he'll call me, "What do you think?" I said, "Just save it, Dad. When I come home, we'll look at it." But you have to be very careful, as you mentioned earlier today, a knee jerk reaction. You know, and I said, and i doing my own diligence, researching and taking an active part in my coverage, you could easily fall into something like this, and it could have some pretty bad consequences. Yeah, so.
1: it, it really it really does. I mean, it, it, I tell you, the thing that probably bothered me the most is that you have an 85-year-old retiree that spent their lives uh, and, and being a public servant, mm-hmm. uh, and you have them where they have either made a decision, I got a phone call, and made a decision. Well, well, they say they're going to offer me mm-hmm. this. They say this is going to yeah. be, and then you know, once they find out, it is it is way too late. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a, a, a case study I can tell you is uh, last year we worked with United, and we're working with the TPAs to to really try to address it. But there were about seven hundred uh, Medicare Advantage participants who were with United Healthcare, mm-hmm. and we had the ability to call them and work with United and out of that 700 over 550 almost 600 said that they made the mistake they didn't intend to do it. and we were able to help them and able to save well, that's them that's good yeah but you you can see the the the, the magnitude yep. and the volume and, and as you can imagine they're going to be you know they get tv ads radio yep. ads yeah you know, and, and, and if you don't understand health care, let me just say this. Healthcare is not necessarily a easy thing to understand when you talk about if if you say you're not in healthcare, then you think all you're not in healthcare is the same. And okay. that's not the case. Okay. You know, it's not the case. You gotta understand the difference between group coverage and individual coverage. Okay. Wow. Whew.
0: Dangerous ground there. All right. Well, Mr. Amos, could you give some general guidance
1: for those that are retired and becoming medicare eligible well clearly uh you know understanding one is if you have social security eligibility in terms of working with social security Mm -hmm. to make sure that you go and get uh that piece straightened out uh as you know the social security administration based on age you know in terms of getting those benefits, and it, it varies. You can start at age 62, but to be able to get full benefits is typically, depending on when you were born, mm-hmm. uh, between 66 and 67 in terms of getting full benefits. But, you know, the the Part B piece, mm-hmm. and let me just kind of talk a little bit about Medicare. So Medicare, uh, if you work 10 years, 40 quarters. Okay. All right? Typically, and that's in a lifetime, you're eligible for Part A and part A is is kind of what they call hospitalization it's free okay so that's that's part A and you become eligible for part A at age 62 at 65 part B kicks in and that's the physician component provider service component okay part B there is a premium associated With Part B. Okay. All right? And that premium is typically deducted if you got a Social Security check. That premium is typically deducted out of the Social Security check. Okay. All right? Okay. Or if you're not eligible, you don't have a Social Security check, they would do a quality billing. Okay. Okay? So for retirees, they need to understand is that that magical age is 65 if you're still actively working. Mm Mm-hmm then, you, you know, you can remain covered under the group coverage of whatever plan you have. Okay. But once you go into full retirement status and 65 and above, that's when the Medicare Part B kicks in, okay? Gotcha. So let's just talk about a state health benefit participants. Mm-hmm. If you're 65, you're still working, yes. you will continue to get your coverage under your group plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you're actively working. You have to be in a full retirement. Once you get into a full retirement status, then you would go into the Medicare Advantage piece. OK. All right. So full, you got to understand, full retirement. So we're working longer now, mm-hmm. you know, and some yeah. people work into 67, 68. It's once they go into a full retirement status is when the Medicare starts. Okay, that's a great answer, Mr. Amos. I appreciate that. So
0: now, how about for our active members who are still working and are turning 65 and are expecting to enroll into Medicare? Do you have some insight for them as well?
1: As long as they're still actively working, and let me clearly say actively working means that they're working, getting uh, you know a paycheck, and Social Security is being deducted out of that paycheck and mm-hmm. you know potentially paying into a pension. As long as you're still actively working, you would continue your coverage under the active, under the group plan in terms of active. It's once again, once you get into a full retirement status, that's when it's typically you can do, it's uh, I think it's like 90 days prior to you can go to Social Security and say, hey, on this date, I'm going to be retiring. I want to start my Part B coverage. And then you go from there. And then obviously notifying SHBP and notifying uh, your retirement service system mm-hmm. that you're going to be going into a full retirement status. And that's what you would normally do. Yes, That's when you would start in terms of your Medicare coverage and, and the Medicare Advantage coverage. But anytime you're still actively working, uh, you don't have to enroll. So Medicare won't, uh, Social Security, they won't penalize you. Because you're still actively working. Right, right. But it's when you go into full retirement status. And I think that's the one thing that people fail to understand. Is, is, and, and, and a full retirement status is when that Medicare piece starts to really kick in.
0: Understood. Understood. Well, we have some retirees that are planning to move out of the state and even out of the country. What should those members be aware of when it comes to their Healthcare insurance
1: coverage. Well, the healthcare coverage will follow you. You know, if you're out of state, we have out of state members, as you can imagine. People retire and and they have out of state coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's the out of country becomes a little bit more different oh. uh, because uh, in terms of that coverage, it, it, the coverage. And I would check with the carriers to make sure. Obviously, if there is a medical emergency, then you're covered. But then, coordinating care out of out of the country becomes a little oh, bit more I difficult. Can see that. Yeah. But if you are in the fifty state United States, we have retirees all over the country, so that's not an issue. Uh, as, as you can imagine, this you know the Medicare coverage primarily. If if you have Medicare, it goes throughout the country, so there's really no issue with that. Okay. Well,
0: our TRS Your Retirement in Focus podcast reaches beyond TRS members and those that are in state agencies and technical college, system of Georgia positions, and other SHBP eligible participants. Is there anything that you would like to touch on that pertains to those outside of TRS but who are eligible for TRS?
1: Now, I would just say you would encourage everybody to, once again, be a part of the healthcare decision making process. You know what's available take full advantage of what's available. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things we've seen is that, you know, every healthcare plan offers preventive coverage. So that means that's 100%. All you need to do, there's no (laughs) copay, no co-insurance, you know, get your annual exam. Go, you know, get your eyes exam. Get, it's taking full advantage of what's available. Yes, sir. And not wait until something is going wrong or you think something is wrong, right. you know, uh, prevention, an ounce of prevention is worth, is. you know, millions of dollars, trust me. Right. And and that's the one thing I would say is that, that we have preventive benefits. Uh, you know, even, I would say, even for our children, hmm. is to make sure that they, you know, they get your annual exam. I know we, we have a tendency to not want to go to the doctor, but it, it, it's important given yes. today's time. You know, it's, it's extremely important. And that's the one thing I would just encourage folks is take full advantage. Uh, I mean, you're paying for healthcare services, services. Yeah. Why not
0: use it? Why not use it? That's excellent advice. Excellent advice. Well, you know, Mr. Amos, we have noticed an uptick in outreach and marketing since you have taken the reins at SHBP. SHBP reps have been spotted at benefits fairs, conferences, workshops, and we have even noticed on-demand content out there. Please let the audience know what resources are available to help them better understand their options and coverage.
1: Well, the SHBP team, when I took over the reins of this organization, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we did was to be accountable with public servants, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Yes, sir. And with that, it means if there's an opportunity for us to get out and be in front of our active employees, our retirees, if there's an opportunity for us to provide assistance, that's our level of commitment. Excellent. It, it yeah. is being able to I, I return phone calls. People will tell you, if you call me, I return your call. And that's that's what I brought to the agency. And that's the thing that we're working. In, and I can tell you, our commissioner, uh, Commissioner Carson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's committed to the same thing. So the the DCH leadership team has that same commitment is that we're public servants. Yes. Sir. And, and 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 internal external customers, it matter not who you are, is, is, is to be responsible. You know, we may not always tell you what you want to hear, but at least if we're responsible, if we're providing you with the level of customer service that you would expect, mm-hmm. then we're, we're doing our job. So that's why you're seeing us out. You'll see us out more. We'll be out in terms of open enrollment meetings, retirement meetings, anything that we can do to provide better knowledge and provide access to healthcare services that creates a better quality of life. That's our commitment. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And that's why, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm partnering with you guys. And anything I can do throughout this state is to try to help, because at the end of the day, we just want to make sure people are living their best lives.
0: Yes, sir. That falls right in line with our mission here at our podcast, which is just empowering our members. And it sounds like that's exactly what you guys are doing there as well. Well, Mr. Amos, are there any final words of advice that you would like to leave with our listening audience today?
1: Well, I just wanted, you know, first and foremost, want to thank uh, the listening audience for those, uh, especially the educators who are retired and, and dedicated their lives to trying to improve uh, uh, the the status and the state of this great state in which we live in. Yes, sir. I, thank you for your service. Thank you for what, what you do. Thank you for the state agencies for those who uh, retired and provide that dedication to the state. We appreciate it. Yes. Uh, we're here to try to help, we're here to serve anything we can do. To help you, please don't hesitate to give us a call. Uh, and, you know, to this this entity itself, thank you guys for inviting me. Sure. Uh, and, you know, anything I can do at any point in time, I'm just a phone call away. Wow. And, and we're committed. We're here. And uh, we just want folks to live their best lives.
0: Wow. That is great to hear. Well, folks, there you have it. That's some great information shared with us today by Louis Amos, the executive director of SHBP. Thank you again, Mr. Amos, for joining us here in the podcast studio, and even more so for the timely and empowering information about SHBP, especially as we're entering into the period of re-enrollment here at TRS. So, members and friends, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to today's podcast. We understand and acknowledge that you have many podcast options that you can tune into, so we want you to know how much we appreciate your listenership. And if you have questions, concerns, or feedback that you would like to share with us here at the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at trsga.com. That's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at trsga.com. I'm Everett Crockett signing off for now, but join us next time for TRS, Your Retirement in Focus.